Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, I felt as I was praying this morning, lives are going to be changed because of this service. Not just our lives, but the lives of the people around us. There's going to be change. This is a changing day. Yeah, it's a watershed day. I want to talk about our response to people who don't know Jesus yet. And isn't that what we've been singing, Awaken the City? There are people in the city who don't know Jesus, and we make no apology. People need to know Jesus. People need to be saved. And because of this service today, and because of this church, and the church worldwide, people are going to be saved today. Today, there's going to be people we meet in heaven who say, do you know what? April the 3rd, 2022, that was my day. Something happened in me, and I decided to receive Jesus. It's happened to us, hasn't it? At some point, even as children or older, we thought, it's true. I want to know Jesus. And we're going to pray that God does that in other people's lives. We're going to end this sermon in prayer for the lost. Okay, so just be thinking thinking about the people you want to pray for, because they can be changed. Jesus can save to the uttermost because of the cross. Yeah. Okay, so there's a verse in 1 Timothy, chapter 2, which says that God wants all to be saved. He wants all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. As you know, and in these days, there are these subjective truths Individual truths, well, I believe, well, yes, I believe what I believe and nobody. But there is, a, there is an objective truth. There is a truth in the Bible. Doesn't Jesus say, I am the truth? And God is called the God of truth. And the Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. So if we want to know what truth is, we go to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God wants us to. He wants us all in his family. He wants the whole world in his family. God so loved the world that he sent his son. And this is what we need to be stirred up inside us today, is this revelation and this remembrance that Jesus died for the whole world and he wants us and our families and our neighbours and the city and the world to be saved, to know him. And that's what we're about this morning. I'm going to start with a little story. Um, Jesus used little stories, didn't he, to illustrate things. So uh, I'll start with a story, and then we'll talk about the things we can be doing about the people who don't know Jesus. Okay, so I want you to imagine two men. I'm going to call them fingers and thumbs, because, <laughs> because they're thieves. And the trouble is, if you use real names, there might be somebody in the congregation, <laughs> and they might think you're getting at them. <laughs> so they're going, I hope there's nobody here called fingers and thumbs. Anyway, so fingers and thumbs, they're caught thieving. They live in a fictional country which isn't unlike ours, but the king is more like a Bible king who is in charge of everything, the army and the courts and everything. Um, and they work, these two men work for a, a tyrant of a boss. <laughs> you might be able to identify with that. They, uh, they work for a tyrant of a boss who demands too much work and doesn't give them enough money. It's just unfair. And uh, what the man does do, the boss, is he'll lend people money if they need it, but they have to carry on working for him. So that's the, the stage for this story. So these two men decide that instead of borrowing, they don't want to be beholden to this boss all their lives, so they decide they're going to steal from him. They think they feel completely justified because this is a, a bad man anyway, and he owes, he, they think he owes them money. But, of course, they're caught, and fingers and thumbs are sent off to court. And uh, the king says, well, you've broken the law, and you have to face the penalty. 
And the penalty in this nation is that they have to pay back 10 times what they've stolen. And of course, they can't do that. And if they don't, they're exiled from the country and nobody's ever come back. So what are they going to do? They go home like, we can't even afford to close our children now. Never mind, lose £2,000. And uh, meanwhile, the king and his son, this is where you'll begin to see the Bible truth, get together and say, you know, this just isn't fair. This tyrant lording it over these employees and they all owe him money. Nobody can pay this off for them because they all owe him money. What on earth can be done for these poor people? And uh, they say, I know, we could pay it. We could pay the fine. And uh, the son says, yeah, I'll do it. I'll pay their fine. And let's give them a royal pardon. And let's invite them to come in the, in the king's courts and be part of our family. And we can give them work to do. So they say, yeah, let's do that. So they, they do that. They pay off the fine. And they send the royal pardon to Fingers and Thumbs. Now, Fingers gets his royal pardon. And he's like, whoa, come on, family. Let's go to the king's palace. And let's take up the offer. And uh, the people at the gate say, who do you think you are coming in here? And they say, we've got this letter, look. Look what the king's son has done for us. He's paid for us. And we can come in. And they say, yeah, you can come in. Absolutely. If that's what the king's done for you, we've got his name on there. Meanwhile, Thumbs gets his letter. Says, oh, there must be a catch in it. I'm not going to do anything about it. Anyway, I can find a way to sort my own money out and I'll, I'll do it. And he works hard and he tries really hard and he contacts um, fingers in the palace. He says, come with me, let's go and do some more stealing and make some more money. And he's not on your life. Your fingers is like, do you think I'm going to give up what I've got just to go back to all that? And what about if the old boss comes to see Fingers and says, well, you still owe me that 200 pounds? He can say, no, you, no, I don't. The son's paid it. Now, isn't that the Christian message in a story? Some of you may never have heard it like that. And I just felt to say, if you're here and you've never really understood that that's how it is, that we have done things wrong, we've broken the law of, in God's eyes, but Jesus has paid the price much more than 2,000 pounds. And that's the message that we have for ourselves and the message we have to give to other people. Yeah, there's a lot of people don't know that. They think there's a catch. Now, I can tell you a story, but I'm going to tell you some scriptures that back that up. Okay, so if we go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, and remember fingers had to have faith in what the Son had done, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Jesus has done for us means that we can come to the king's family and have peace with him. Romans 3 verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption. Now redemption means being bought back. So those two were bought back from that tyrant of a boss, like we've been bought back from the devil, yeah, to enjoy the best that the king has to offer. Romans 3.26, that God might be just and the justifier of him 
who believes in Jesus. So they believed in what the son had paid and they were justified in his sight. Romans 4, 5, the one who does not work for it. Now we know that Thumbs was working away to try and make that money. He was never going to do it. But believes in God who justifies the ungodly. You know, neither of those men deserved what they did for him any more than we deserve what God has done for us. This is the pure gospel message. Yeah. And it's the power of God unto salvation if people will believe it. Okay, so his faith is counted to him as righteousness. And just to, to tell you, the word for righteousness and the word for justify, it's got the same Greek root. So being made right with God, being justified with God, it's the same thing. It's just so wonderful. But they'd still broken the law. In the eyes of the law, they weren't justified, were they? But in the eyes of God, who'd, who'd paid the price for them, they were justified. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. See, the law tells us that we've made some mistakes, but it doesn't do anything to help us get over it any more than a mirror. A mirror will tell you you've got a smudge on your face, but it doesn't clean it off. The mirror tells you to go to the soap. Yeah, in the same way the, the law tells us we need to go to Jesus. I'll just skip a scripture and go to Galatians 3, um, 24, I believe it is. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to God, that we might be justified by faith. So fingers there, he knows he's broken the law and there's nothing he can do about it. And it makes him say, yeah, I'll receive the king's pardon. And that's what we've done. We've come to God through Jesus saying, thank you. I could never put myself right with you. Now that is our message. All right. And that's the message we can share with other people. It seems too good to be true. But it isn't. Jesus did that for us. And I love to preach it. Paul said, I just preach nothing except Christ and him crucified. And when you do that, you lift Jesus up and he draws people to himself. So if you're thinking, goodness, how am I going to help awaken the city? Bear that story in mind. that Jesus paid the price for the sins of the world through dying on the cross so that everyone could come to know God. It's just amazing. So what's our response going to be when... Uh, we know that we've had that good news and we know we're saved. It reminds me of a picture, you know, I had this really harrowing picture, I think someone else shared it in a book or something, of a, an ocean liner and there were all sorts of people had been in a shipwreck and there were people drowning in this sea and some of them had been rescued and some of them were on the, on the boat drying themselves off and drinking tea and, you know, doing their nails and hair and everything. And then there were still other people drowning. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, don't let me be like that, that I'm ignoring the people who are drowning while I enjoy the lovely fellowship that we have. There's a balance, isn't there? Okay, so there are three things, I think, that we can do in response to people who don't know Jesus yet. The first way... I would say, is to pray that our lives will be such that people will be attracted to Jesus, that we and the Christians will live in such a way that people will want to know Jesus. 
you know, if they look at our lives and we're, we're always grumbling and moaning and doing things that we shouldn't, they'll think, well, you know, what's the point? Why would I join you? I can do that where I am. <laughs> yeah. So let's say, let's say, let's have our lives different so that people will say, hmm, I wonder what's different about them. I want a life like that. The second thing would be to be ready with the message of salvation. Be ready to speak, the Bible says, in season and out of season. Yeah. The third thing would be to pray for God to do the supernatural that will convince people. Because, you know, if we convince people into the kingdom, somebody else will convince them out of it. But if God convinces them in, they're going to stay. This happened to my son-in-law, you know. He's uh, from another nation, and uh, he was a Buddhist. And some of you know him, Nat. And uh, he, was, he came from a Buddhist background. He went to a language school to learn English. He heard it was a good school, didn't know it was Christian. And uh, he looked at their lives and he thought, hmm, this is different. This is different from my religion. What have they got that I haven't? So he went and asked them. And they told him, you know, we believe in Jesus. And they told him this message of the free gift of salvation through what Jesus had done. And uh, he was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then he had a dream. He had a dream about the blood of Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't understand his dream, but it wasn't for me. It was for him. But it convinced him that the Bible was true and that the Christian message was true. And he received Jesus as his saviour. So do you see that sequence? People were living in a way that made him think, cool, I think I want to live like that. I want to know what's happening in their lives. They told him boldly what they believed, and God confirmed it with the supernatural. And we, we don't need to be afraid of any of those things, because that's what God wants. He wants all men to know him. Remember I said at the very beginning, God wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And if that's his will, it says in 1 John 5, uh, 1 John 5, I believe it's 14 and 15, it says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So we know that his will is that people would come to know him. So it's right to pray, and it's right to live our lives in a way that would attract people to him. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have what we ask from him, it says, 1 John 5, 15. That's phenomenal. This is God we're talking about. God who created the universe. When we pray his will, something that he wants, heaven touches earth. You know, heaven comes to fight for us. This is the truth. Yeah, we need to rise up and say, right, well, then I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my family, my neighbors, whatever. And as Ash said a few weeks ago, it might be as simple as doing something for your next door neighbor. There are some here, and I'm included, have been abroad to the, to the corners of the earth to try and share the gospel. And others of you who say, well, I'm going to be faithful in my workplace, my neighborhood, to live my life in a way that people will say, if that's what Christianity is like, I want it. Yeah, and to pray and be ready with a message when people say, you know, what's going on in your life? How come there's all this going on in the world and yet you have some sort of peace? How can that be? And then we can tell them. 
Yeah? We're not exempt from the things that go wrong. You know, I could give you a catalogue of things in my life that have gone wrong. And so people are going to say, well, why are you still okay? And why are you still trusting God? And then I can tell them. And then I'm going to pray, Lord, would you confirm it with the signs following? So how do we live our lives in a way that attracts people to Jesus? Well, I think we ask the Holy Spirit. Don't you think? You ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. What do we know about the Holy Spirit? We know in Galatians 5.22 that we've got the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah? Anybody? Let's, let's rattle them off. We've all learned them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. Yeah? That looks like Jesus, doesn't it? Yeah? If you, if you read the Gospels and read all about how Jesus lived, you could, you could probably find examples of all those things in him. And we have the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, it says in Romans 8.11. So we can say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me so that I can produce those fruits like Jesus. You know, if you've got a really difficult person in your office or in your workplace or in your family and you manage to keep calm and kind and loving towards them when everybody else is wanting to wring their necks, yeah, or maybe you want to wring their necks, but you still say calm and loving, yeah, people are going to say, how is it? And the person themselves are going to say, how is it that everybody else is like this, but you're different? And then we can tell them. So our lives need to show the love of Jesus. Someone said that um, the fruits of the Spirit are like a bunch of grapes. They're all love, really. The bunch of grapes is love, but there's different aspects of it. Yeah. And then what else do we have of the Spirit? We have the gifts of the Spirit. Now, that's the supernatural. Yeah. Well, some would say it's supernatural to love some people. But anyway, let's go with, <laughs> with the gifts of the Spirit. And we know what they are. We find them in 1 Corinthians... 12, okay, 6 to 11, oh, okay, uh, 8 to 11. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. You know, you start those sorts of things happening in your neighbourhood, and people are going to be looking up, aren't they? What's going on? When you talk about, you know, God having done something supernatural and miraculous in your life, then people are going to say, oh, because there's such an interest. Is there not an interest in the supernatural, the paranormal these days? Goodness, you can't turn your telly on, but there's haunted houses and weird and wonderful things, yeah? So there's a kind of a dark side, isn't there? Yeah, but there's a light side of the supernatural. There's God who sent his son into the world to manifest his works. Didn't Jesus go about healing and setting people free, raising the dead, multiplying food, finding money in fish's mouths? Yeah, didn't Jesus do all those things? And we've got the same spirit in us. And as Ros was saying earlier, let's raise our expectations 
of what God wants to do in revival in our lives. I utterly believe that these gifts are still for today, just in the same way the fruits are. And that we need to raise our expectations and say, Lord, do some things in our lives and in the lives of the people we're praying for that they'll know that you are the true God. You know, the disciples, uh, very early on in the book of Acts, when Jesus had gone to heaven and they've had the outpouring of the Spirit and they've seen thousands saved and then, of course, they get the opposition. They go to prison and get hauled up before the courts and they say to God, give us boldness so that we can speak boldly about you and do that by stretching out your hand to do miracles in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. So it's perfectly valid to say, Lord, look, if you want me to talk to people, you're going to have to back me up here. Yeah, it's no good me putting my neck on the line and then nothing happening. Let's raise that expectation up and pray for each other and pray for ourselves. The Bible says in... um, hmm, Let me see where... This doesn't want to. Mark 16, 20. The disciples went out preaching everywhere and God confirmed the word with the signs following. Yeah. So let's be bold to speak out the word, but let's believe that God's going to confirm it with the signs following. Yeah. Let's raise our expectations in this, in this time. Now, I'd like to spend some time praying and then we're going to Um, have communion so if we could have somebody a bit of music in the background I want to spend some time praying I'd like you to think about some people maybe in your family your neighborhood or you might be wanting to pray for a nation you might be wanting to pray for people affected by things in the Ukraine But let's pray for people who don't know Jesus yet. And I know the Father said this morning that because of this service, there are going to be people saved and changed. Father, we just come before you this morning. We thank you that you sent Jesus to save the world. And we pray now in the name of Jesus for those we're thinking of right now who don't know you yet. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move powerfully in their lives. We pray that we and the Christians around them will live our lives in a way that attracts them to you. We pray that we would be bold and have the words to speak when it's time. And we pray that you would confirm the word with the signs following, that we will see miracles and signs and wonders. Raise our faith, raise our expectation. And I thank you today. I know you've said it, that there are going to be people in heaven when we get there who say it was April the 3rd, 2022. Something happened in my life and I received Jesus. And we give you the honor. We give you the glory as Savior of the world. In Jesus' name. Amen.